to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch Did y'all see that Britney Spears is going to speak at her next um, hearing for her conservatorship? It like just came out that she's going to actually talk for herself. So June 23rd, mark your calendars, take off work, (laughs) go watch it like the fucking World Cup or Super Bowl or something. More chimichanga news. Where is this chimichanga coming from? Las Lomas. Ooh. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't do that. That that was bad. I, please forgive me. You just got excited. I got excited in a in an accent. You're not supposed to do that. Oh, you um, can only be dour with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Las Lomas. Um, yeah, Las Lomas is coming. <laughs> uh, there are just somewhere close that makes sloppy beans. That's all I want. I just want. <laughs> Damn, sloppy beans. And a sloppy pile of beans and some queso. Mm. And I want this dog to be good. And I want this recording to go well. So So get on it. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. It's kind of a lot of wants, you know. (laughs) You you can have two of the three things. So, yeah, let's let's prioritize this. I'm getting ready for the summer of me. Oh, oh shit. Did you guys know it's the summer of me? No. I put it on my dream board. What else hmm. is on your dream board? Just a picture of my face. in summertime. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> she is the sun. Are you? Yeah. I have a real question. Oh, no. Are you high? No. <laughs> no. No, no, I've been stone cold sober for a year and five days. I know. Congratulations. This is me. This is me, Lisa. This is me. this is the spring of you. Yes. <laughs> this is yes. This is just some springtime shit. Wait till it's the summer of me. God damn it. We're gonna it's crank gonna the heat up. Oh God, gosh. Help us as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. I like your new spring, summer of Karina, happy energy, demanding things. Mm, It's good. It's good for us. Yeah. It's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. But mostly me. But mostly me. I hope there's like an actual storm tonight. I I want You know, I hope so. I hope the power doesn't go out because John left today for Cleveland and so every time he goes out of town something horrible like horribly scary always happens to me so I could totally see that happening oh my god he went to Cleveland yeah he's working the NFL draft for the Uh company he works for and I was like all I know about Cleveland is what I learned from the Drew Carey show. It rocks. Um, and, and that it it rocks. And he had to fly to Detroit, then hop over to Cleveland. And I was like, well, I know Detroit rocks city, but if Cleveland rocks, like who is deciding these things? I don't know, but the wow. fucking Detroit airport is the fucking worst. You are going to learn more about Cleveland <gasps> in about 
20 minutes. No way. Because, yes. The same series sequence of events led me to discover the biggest, I can't believe we haven't done a true crime thing ever. Chestnut. Hey, we stop eating the big wall. True crime thing ever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, I wonder what it is. Oh, it's that was so a exciting. fuck you, mom. That's what <laughs> well, she, she was eating said. the wall. I, don't eat the wall. I mean, eat the chimichanga. I'm not here to oppress your dog child. I am. <laughs> yeah, it seems like she really child. wanted that wall. Uh, I know, but I just, know why I you're... literally just paid someone to fix the patch for the hole in the wall that she ate in it already. I don't well, know what's behind that wall. It's a sandwich. <laughs> That's true. You've um, already got a guy for it. It's probably a foot. There's probably a foot back there that's like going to solve some murder. Jesus. And I just keep patching it into the wall. Mm. Mm. You keep that foot in there. You keep that fucking foot in the wall. Imagine like kicking a wall in an argument and then your foot gets stuck in there and you have to live with that like double shame of like... Mm. Yeah, I did One, that. Yeah. And also, when everyone's like, what happened to your butt? You have mm-hmm. to be like, well. Uh, I lost you my temper. The, yeah. Yep. The towels were folded wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I would lose. I actually don't. Over. I don't have to imagine, imagine that because I have in my lifetime had an incident with, you know, Little Miss Fist and, and a Little Miss Drywall at one point. And I heard a knuckle. I had to splint it, and then I had a hole in my wall. Oh, I had I kicked a hole in just our it wall. Mm. I kicked oh, a hole. Yeah, but it didn't hurt me. It just hurt my self esteem, and you know that was like around ego. Christmas time, right? It was a few years ago, but I feel like I did talk about it kind you of recently. I don't know. Patched it myself. <laughs> I just feel like, Yo. I mean, walls know what they're getting into when they mm. become walls. <laughs> you chose this life. <laughs> but, shouldn't have been walled like that. Mm-hmm. It's a hard knock life. Oh, that'd, that'd be doors. That's You can knock on walls. Yeah, you can knock a wall until you, there's a hole in it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, Not welcome <laughs> to Weird Brunch, huh? I don't know. Yeah. Come on aboard the Weird Brunch train. Come on aboard. I feel like we're all like on a our sushi last train? leg of energy, and we're dealing with it in different ways. A little bit. Karita <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is delirious. That is what's going on. This bitch is going crazy. Uh, I'm going to crash so hard in the middle of this podcast. I hope it happens mid-story. For me, like just you can hear the word on which I lose all the energy I have left. I hope so too. For to fulfill your dreams for the spring of Karina, yeah, spring and summer of Karina, and they were running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we just, I guess she passed <gasps> out, y'all. What? Yeah, last last night, okay. and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz y'all real quick too. So last night I was um, high and uh, I was like, man, which rock stars have been married 
and have not had a divorce. Ten seconds. Go. Get name three. What? Why? Dave Grohl. Um, I don't know if that one's true. Um. Okay. Um. Seven. Jim Morrison five, died one, too young to three, divorce. Two. It's fucking hard. Is it Gene Simmons? John Lennon. No, there's there's only a few. Well, so okay, Karina. I what? posted this on Twitter, and I'm getting a lot of like 27 Club or right. like you got shot or like you know. Um, but yes, the my my friend. The first response was my my friend Josh, and he was like, uh, "Ozzy Elton." sting and i looked it up and i was oh. like those are all wrong <laughs> oh elton elton had thought- a wife i thought oh, he almost married a woman count. but he didn't yeah mm. that doesn't count well legally it counts i believe that's what I hold on. I've got the screenshot because I sent. All three okay, screenshots. I only know this because I was listening to something and I heard that Elton John wrote "Someone Saved My Life Tonight" about the woman he was engaged to and almost married, but then realized that he, he knew he was gay and that marrying this woman would like be bad for him and her. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Okay. But. Sir Elton John and his ex-wife, Renate Renate Blauel. Blauel. Dang. Sorry, ma'am. Have settled a legal case brought after details of the marriage were featured in the singer's memoir and bio- biopic. And that was in October 2020, calling her the ex-wife. So that's okay. a screenshot I took anyway. Well, what's yeah. the answer? There, I mean, there's a few answers, but it's just a weird thing to like, oh, I can't think of this quick. Like, you just go through all these names. Trent Reznor's one, Charlie Watts, oh. D. Snyder. Um, yeah. Weird bunch, Al. A bunch of Kurt Cobain. I would bet. Oh. Frank, uh, or, um, Frank Zappa, not Frank Oz. That doesn't make sense. Ooh. Those are some I'm not getting. Um, bon Jovi, Bono, uh, Alice Cooper. Those are all some of them. Okay. It's just it's just interesting to me that it's like yeah, most of them I think have at least had uh, one marriage that didn't work out. That's all. Okay. okay. I mean. I feel like most famous people and half of the population of married yeah. people. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's hard to think of people mm-hmm. who've gotten married and not divorced. Yeah. So work on that, America. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. Well, Y'all want to tell some some stories? Mine, I'm pretty excited about. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Karina just goes interesting. 
thing. <laughs> she's fucking going nuts. She's delirious and like we can't even talk to her right now, basically. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Uh- we totally can. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> um, My feelings are hurt. Oh, no. Now she's going to swing the other way. <laughs> Shit on all of our stories. Just oof. Um, I wouldn't blame you, though. All right. Oh. So mine is like I have two parts. Um, I kind of I got this idea. Well, I had one part of it and then I got the second part of it from an article that I found called the most bizarre cases of mysterious phantom attackers that's from mysteriousuniverse.org and was written by a guy named yes Yes. brent swancer i fucking love this website i'm not like all in on the way he wrote some of the parts of this because it sounded a little little bit I don't know, like a dude writing what he thinks woman. Anyways, men writing women. So, um, all right, let's go to um, foggy London town uh, where, you know, it's we're, we're going back a little ways. So the first recorded attacks of this type these phantom attackers right Mm -hmm. starting in the mid 1600s and okay i'm just really excited to say all this so although no record exists of similar attacks prior to 1681 the name of these attackers called whipping toms yeah. Uh have been around for a while. Other articles made reference to things earlier that happened. So what is a whipping tom? Um it's not like a whipping boy or anything like that. It's I guess more closely associated to like sort of like a peeping tom, which it's not the same thing. I looked up where peeping tom came from and that was like a lady godiva thing. Uh all right. <laughs> So you're like, what's I'm a whipping just horrified. tom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm a little lost. Okay. I, I okay. am like that. I'm trying to lose you and bring you back around. That's you know how oh. I really like to tell everything. So our guy, or possible more guys, um, would the first whipping tom is active in the war in a warren of small courtyards between fleet street strand and holborn fleet street famous for the demon barber of fleet street Mm -hmm. sweeney todd um accounts of what he would do is he would approach unaccompanied women grab them lift up her dress put him over his knee and spank her ass repeatedly pretty hard while yelling spanko what the fuck are you saying right now spanko right whitney i'm this is is this what a whipping thomas yes he would you spanko people he would spanko people at night and attacks 
a whole bunch of women down on Fleet Street. He would use his bare hand. Occasionally, he would use a rod, which is fucking. I mean, all of this is horrible. This is sexual assault, despite it sounding kind of funny, especially when he's yelling spanko. Um, Yeah, completely insane. So this sounds like the kind of thing that cancel culture is stopping from happening, and I won't have yeah. it. <laughs> oh man! People used to be able to spanko people in yeah. the streets. So and now they're held accountable. Some of his victims were left in badly injured by the attacks. He would appear, carry out the spanking, and vanish with such speed that people thought he could have supernatural powers. Uh, the public was freaking out and were like, we need to do something about, um, whipping Tom and get rid of this motherfucker. And the London police were extremely ineffective of finding any type of person to blame for this. So women started carrying their own little pen knives or like, shit to defend themselves with and male vigilantes started dressing in women's clothing to patrol the area in hopes of like getting cut by the whipping Tom. Uh, helpful boys. Eventually a haberdasher from Holborn and his accomplice (laughs) were captured in late 1681 and tried for the attacks. Unfortunately, like a mad lib. It kind of is. Unfortunately, but this sounds like a mad lib. You usually do. Uh, None of the accounts of the names of these dudes still exist, but they do know that it happened. And then our second round of whipping toms happened between October 10th and December 1st, 1712, in a place in near Hackney wherever that is, um, the whipping Tom would approach lone women and beat them on the ass with a great rod of birch. Almost 70 (laughs) women were assaulted before the cops finally tracked down this guy. And his name was Thomas Wallace. And he confessed to all of it. (laughs) Thomas Wallace. Uh, whipping Tom. Were you thinking Marcellus Wallace too? Or I Wallace? Yeah. I don't... It was, uh, I just like that it is, rhymes. So this was like in public? They yes. would just grab... Okay, and nobody... Everybody was like, well, that's... I mean, she must have done something. Well, like, it was at can't night. stop that. It was Spank at night. Her. They were lone women, you know? I mean, like I said, though, there was public outcry to catch this guy. Like, they weren't just fully okay with a bunch of ladies getting their butts whipped by the guy yelling spanko. Um, So yeah, they catch Thomas Wallace and he said he was resolved to be revenged on all the women he could come after for that manner and for the sake of one perjured female who had been barbarously false to him. So he was just a little bitch boy who had a woman piss him off one time and he decided that he was going to go and beat 70 of them on the ass. He was um, the original red pill guy. Yeah, I suppose yeah, so. Definitely. He Just said his plan initially had to 
was to attack a hundred women and then stop attacking during the 12 days of Christmas, but like start back up on New Year's. So that was his thing. Oh, I wonder if he was going to set a resolution for himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, seriously. My on other... the first day of Christmas, my true love didn't spank me. Oh, 12 spanko spanking. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it is awful, but come on. It is. I just Running up to somebody, grabbing them, throwing them over your knee, spanking them while yelling spanko. It's, Under different circumstances would be one of the most loving things you could do to a person. <laughs> <laughs> like um, if I did that to Nick Savarino this week, we would be best friends after that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know who that is, Sorry. but I believe you. Um, okay. So those are my two whipping Toms. And now here is my other phantom assailant who has nothing to do with the whipping toms and this is just basically so i'll freak myself the fuck out tonight probably (laughs) being home alone so this is 1950s we're in new orleans in the sleepy little town of paradis not paradise paradis louisiana and there's this 18 year old girl. Her, her name is Jacqueline Caddo. And she, in some of the articles, the old, old articles I read, has been discussed or described as comely, a comely young brunette. Aww. It's That's a word I don't fun. really like. But uh, yeah. yeah, so Jacqueline Caddo, she starts getting visited by a creepy motherfucker hanging out outside of her window that she can't see. And what does this guy do every night? He hides in the bushes outside of her house, right under her window and fucking whistles. Just. Ew. Yeah. Sitting outside of her room. Whistling. Oh, I wanted it to be just jerking off your normal uh-uh. jerking. No, off. no, not a normal Shit. jerk off whistling. On every occasion that it happened, someone would go out of the house to search and try and find this phantom whistler, but nobody could find anything. There's no clues, but the whistling keeps going on for months. And people who like walk by the house and neighbors say that they can hear it too sometimes. And Jacqueline is like, what the fuck is going on? This is so creepy. Um, but it gets a little worse. So Jacqueline, like I said, she's a comely young brunette. Uh, and back then she was like, I'm 18, time to get married. So she gets engaged to this guy. He's a state trooper. His name is Herbert Belsom. And when our phantom whistler finds out that Jacqueline is engaged. He starts to uh, get a little worse. He starts whistling a funeral dirge, which is like, bum, 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 but, 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 but imagine that whistling. I don't think I could do it justice. Uh, um, and I was she- really hoping you were going to do the Darth Vader song. I guess it could. <laughs> Yeah. So funeral yeah. dirge. Um, 
<laughs> but on top of that, he would end it sometimes with what people described as a shrill moan. And I don't know so how he you was jerking off. Could be. Like, yeah. What would a shrill moan sound like? I feel. Uh. Oh God, Lisa! No. <laughs> I, I fucking hate you for making that noise. And I'm pissed that I even suggested it. Ew. Ugh. Oh my God. Okay. So on top of the shrill moaning and funeral yeah, the funeral dirge whistling. Um he starts calling her house and making threatening phone calls. He's like, you're going to fucking die before I let you marry that state trooper. The guy was like calling her house, calling her mom who also lived there, but being like, Oh, I got you. Mom. Is this Jacqueline's mom? I'm going to fucking kill her before she can marry this guy. So he's, being obviously super aggressive, very stalkery, and they still have n- never seen this guy. They don't know who he is, and people around town start to like hear word that there's this fucking mysterious whistler, and newspapers start to pick up the story also. Um, I have to burp, but it's not coming out. This is bad. Okay. There it goes. Okay, got it. That's what. mm. So after newspapers start to pick up on it, the police are like, okay, well, we're going to like try and figure this out. Um, They stake out her house for a few days. While they're there, nothing happens. No whistler, uh, no trace of a whistler, no clues found. They have no fucking luck. And the sheriff's department is like, "Uh, this is kind of seeming a little bit hoaxy to me. In fact, this seems a little inside jobby to me. And they're like, well, it's not an inside job. We don't think. I don't know, man. There's just a creepy dude who whistles outside and makes shrill moans like Lisa's sounds. Um So, yeah, she's the one who did it. I didn't. She's the I didn't, culprit. Yeah. I mean, I guess I did kind of ask for it anyways. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so despite all of this, Jacqueline is like, bitch, I'm getting married. Fuck you, Phantom Whistler. And on October 1st, 1950, Jacqueline Caddo Caddo and Herbert Belsom are married without incident. Despite the whistler also calling and being like, I'm going to be at the wedding and I'm going to make sure nothing fucking happens. Um, After the wedding, the whistling and phone calls stopped. And in the meantime of that, the sheriff changed his stance on it being a hoax and proclaimed that he had solved the case himself and he wouldn't say who it was or explain anything that he found out because he said it would embarrass the people involved. So nobody knows who the phantom whistler was. Was it like 
someone in her family actually being a weirdo? Was she lying? Like, no, nobody knows. And that's the Phantom Whistler. I sorry. I don't. Lisa, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, so much. I don't. I don't want that to happen to me. You guys rescue me if that starts happening to me. That someone's whistling Darth I Vader mean, under my window and nobody. I'm just me. gonna yell out the window. Just jerk off like a normal person. Right? Way more yeah. comfortable with the noise. Oh, the- oh come on now! That's yeah, getting back at you know, for making your shrill bone. No, I was, okay. that was upsetting for everyone, Whitney. The shrill the curse was in the context. <laughs> okay. Yes, of education. Shrill yeah. moan. Ooh. But you got a shrill moan and a sloppy bone there. Ew. Ew. I what? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We've I think oh, that's the God. second time Karina said the word sloppy <laughs> also because she was talking about sloppy beans. Now she's oh, that's right. talking about we? sloppy bones. So she just walked away. She just left to go get to her beans. sloppy beans. Um, I need water. Okay. This delivery driver is just literally just driving in circles. I can see him. I can see him out there. I, that's just I see. Like I, I wave at him. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's not an apartment me. complex. It's just a house. Just find my house. Throw rocks hard. at him. I don't have any <laughs> rocks. I could just send the dog after him. Um, That's but she'll a good never idea. come back because she makes friends. Oh, wow. What a congenial little, little cutie bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a bitch, mm-hmm. if you want to yeah. call her that. Technically true. Thank you. Well, I've got, I've got unsolved mysteries. <gasps> I do too. Involve. Oh, you do? Oh, we all do then. <gasps> Yay. You should do yours. You should do yours. You should do yours. Are there moans I, in it? No. There, I mean, I can throw some in probably. Good. But we'll make sound it. effects. Why don't you do yours, yeah. Karina? Okay. Well, because my chimichanga is circling me. And she I wants like to eat her. Right. running out right. there to flag it down. I got you. I'll do. I'll go. She needs yeah. the sloppy I'll beans. Go. I'll give my sloppy beans. <laughs> Uh, Karina's fucking going oh nuts, dude. God. I've never seen her like this in my life. I love it. I like it too. It's very interesting. I think her sloppy beans arrived. I wonder if that's what's happening. Or she's going to go out and like bang on car. the hood of a car of some yeah. poor Uber Eats driver. Uber Eats. But yeah. I feel like I should wait. Yeah, wait. But I don't know. I'll talk about how I'm probably going to get murdered tonight. But no. by the time this comes out, John this will be will back be the from out of RIP. town. So no one can like, yeah, this will be the RIP cat. At the beginning of this, you'll be a mm-hmm. disclaimer and be like, <sighs> unfortunately, we lost Whitney, blah, blah, blah. Did we'll you get it? To... No. He... Uh, he drove away from me. 
But he's not left the neighborhood yet. So I don't think he's just leaving with my food. I think he's just hopelessly confused. He's having the worst night of his life. And I'm going to remember that and keep that in mind when I finally lock eyes with him and devil stare him to my driveway. (laughs) Oh my God. That's terrifying. There's a fire. There's nothing nothing scarier than a hungry human staring at you. (laughs) Oh, wait. There's nothing scarier than a hungry... A hungry white woman about to complain about customer service? Mm. Uh, nah, nah. This isn't going <laughs> to end well for me. I'm going to be viral. I'm going to get these beans for free. Dang. I'm going to get these beans. These sloppy beans are going to be in my sloppy belly. Oh, shit. That was really not cool. Uh, Lisa, tell right. your story Go so ahead, we Lisa. can stop I am listening. Sloppy. I can hear you. Yeah, okay. yeah I can hear you. You okay, that's, you, you're just like my dad. I can hear you and then leave forever. Um, <laughs> so I went to talk about New Mexico's Dulce base. This okay. is the real Roswell, motherfuckers. We are flipping this script. Um, so for decades, ufologists have claimed that uh, extraterrestrials experiment on humans with the military's help inside a secret base underneath the Archuleta Mesa in Dulce, New Mexico. Sounds legit. Fucking yes, dude. <laughs> Dulce, New Mexico is fewer than 3,000 residents, but the uh, small community is a hotbed for ufologists and alien conspiracy theorists. Who all believe that below the town is a secret seven-story military facility. Uh, Dulce is also home to the headquarters of the Hikaria. I'm assuming that's very saying it in Spanish, Apache Reservation of Northern New Mexico. And it's largely inhabited by indigenous peoples. Um, again, super small population, but it draws heavy tourism, uh, by ufologists. There's an annual Dulce base UFO conference. So stories about the alien base started in the mid 1970s. A New Mexico state trooper, Gabriel Valdez reported seeing a series of disturbing cattle mutilations uh, mm. Also, sophisticated spacecraft in uh, you know near where Dulce Base is said to be, and also near Dulce Base, he found as one of these cattle mutilations. One of them was a, a mutilated cow with a dead fetus inside. That's now, rude. Well, we're about to get ruder. The fetus didn't look like a damn cow. Oh. <gasps> What if they were mutilating the cows and all the cows were pregnant and they were taking out the aliens from inside the cows? (gasps) Sorry. That would be crazy. Uh, This bitch appeared to be a hybrid that, quote, looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog. Well, that's probably why the cow got an abortion, and I think we should respect its privacy. Yeah. A human, a monkey, and a frog. Like, that wouldn't be my choice. I don't think I would humans and monkeys are so close together. Like if I was going to create a hybrid person combined with two other things, I think I would choose like 
a horse and a bird. Like I would want to be a centaur with wings. If I could do that. Like Pegasus. Noted. Human. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pegasus, human or centaur with wings, whichever you prefer. Sorry. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm trying. I I think you'd, I think you'd rock it. I think you could pull it off. Yeah. Um, Some of the stuff nearby and surrounding the cattle mutilations made Valdez think that this was, uh, uh, think two things. One, these cows weren't done dirty by wild animals. Two, these cows were done dirty by the government. Mm. Why, you ask? Well, the evidence there... Predator, he says this. Predators don't leave gas masks, glow sticks, Ooh. radar, Ooh. chaff, radar chaff. Yeah, uh, he's like, you don't leave that stuff. And then, uh, so this is from a con- a culture of conspiracy uh, by oh god, Michael Barkin. Uh, so he's a political scientist. Uh, he also noted, and this is in regards to the cattle mutilations, that they're often tied to nearby UFO sightings, which I think everyone who's listening knows that. <laughs> and the Colorado-New Mexico Borden region is one of the most prominent sites in the country as of the 80s. Uh, I think everybody who listens to this podcast knows this. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Karina's on mute, so now I look like I'm on mute. Yes. That happened again. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. You're fine. No, you're Thank good. You. Yeah. No, you're good. We're all good. We're actually fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the claims reached far and wide, and they were followed in 1979 by stories from Paul Benowitz, a physicist and Albuquerque businessman. Benowitz allegedly intercepted electronic signals in Dulce, he believed were uh, coming from deep below the ground, and they were directed at a target too high for human activity. Mm. What's that about? Like, the sound was too high or the things were too far away? The electronic signals were like uh, going okay. too far. Okay. So a with the like national interest in people being like cattle mutilations, aliens and electronic signals, aliens, Dulce Base obviously becomes Um, Just a beautiful legend. Uh, In 1982, Benowitz is like, yo, there's a secret base here. That's why Mm. these cows, these uh, feet, these weird fetus, I, feet, I, and the electronic signals. So he publishes a paper titled Project Beta in 1988, and it details how to best infiltrate the facility. Okay. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. I uh, oh. Another day. Okay. By May 1990, some dude named John Lear claimed to have four independent confirmations that the seven-story structure was real. Uh, Lear wasn't just some dude. He was a former pilot and government man, as well as the son of the inventor of the Learjet. 
I was so going to say are- Lear, Jet, Amy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, this dude, he means he, he's, he can't be lying to us. They invented the Learjet. The Learjet guy's not going to lie mm-hmm. to us. He's got four confirmations that this thing exists. Um, his claims went so far as to describe different species of aliens who have visited Earth. And these allegations serve as a foundation for further claims, one of which is from a gentleman with the same name as my ex-uncle and my cousin, Phil Schneider. Uh, He brought these theories or facts, depending on who you are and your beliefs. I'm not here to judge those. Uh, He brought these theories or facts of Benowitz and Lears into the public with these speeches and bizarre stories about the alleged base. Schneider claimed to be a former high security clearance government employee and explosives expert. And he said that he was involved in the construction of the Dulce base, right? That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to explode some shit and just build down. Uh, Most famous of these speeches is his 1995 presentation in which he alleged that during the project's initial stages, the military encountered actual aliens underground. Ooh, coming from the inside. They're inside the house. They are. They always are with me. Yeah, that's true. Why did NASA start exploring space and stop exploring the oceans like they were supposed to? I don't know. There's aliens down there just a whistling yeah. and masturbating yeah. under our very feet. Oh. Oh. Man, I couldn't do it. Um, there is drama, big drama, high drama with the Dulce Base UFO conference people. Uh, and it's whether the Dulce Base was built deliberately as a research facility or after a nuclear detonation beneath the New Mexico desert in 1967. Um, so like back when the government was trying to, you know, just jostle some, some earth until the gas reservoirs were like, what's up? Uh, and then they're like, and then that's when they discovered the aliens because they were in the caves. <clears throat> Schneider, however, uh, not only claimed to have seen the beings below, but to have lost several fingers during a firefight between terrified soldiers and frightened alien life forms. So many fingers. So many fingers. Oh, my God. This guy wrote a script for Predator 3. I love it. (laughs) Firefight between frightened soldiers and me, and I lost fingers. I won't even tell you how, man. It was weird. I love it. (laughs) Uh, both of the origin stories of Dulce base have the U.S. government encountering various kinds of alien entities and brokering for a peace deal with these aliens. So Schneider claimed that roughly 60 people were killed in underground run-ins with the aliens. 60? Mm-hmm. 60 human lives were taken underground in a run-in with aliens. 
like names? Like, does yeah. he list them? Do we know Are these 60 people? 60 missing persons cases? What, what's the happening? So the right after, actually, the end of this sentence is none of his statements have ever been proven. (laughs) But he is, quote, certainly missing numerous digits. So Uh, the fingers are IRL gone. I I believe that. I mean, I'd Um, make up a fun story if my fingers got chopped off. For sure. Or maybe, you know, what if he did like what we were talking about where he like got so mad that he karate chopped, uh, say, the windshield of a car and um, chopped off some, some of his digits. fingers. Yeah. Possibly. But I, I do think maybe these aliens took his Ate fingers. Up. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, his it's most famous like speech. Karina's slucking down those sloppy beans. Sorry, I just had to say it. All right, so our guy Schneider is definitely missing some some fingers. Um, and again, his his speech, like the biggest speech or whatever that got the most traction was in 1995. Um, he died by suicide in 1996. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how he pulled the trigger. I was going to say, I was going to say it too. Oh, Lisa. Oh my god. That was a good joke. Mm. Comedy's wow. back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh my god. Okay. So So yes. Fighting aliens. Yes. Losing fingers. Yes. 60 people missing. Can't Dead. say who. Top secret. Yes. yes. And he I'm himself. telling the world about it. And yes. then oh shit. I gotta go. Yep. A year. Do you think? Do you think the aliens got him, or the government? More likely. Mm. Oh no, you're right there. That's true. That's a much more likely suspect. Yeah, I don't know these aliens, but I take our government to be more aggressive. (laughs) At least he's in special FBI heaven with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They call it. Uh oh. So, so called experts are confident the Dulce base reaches seven stories and two miles into the ground with an increasing military presence the deeper you go. So, each floor is designated for specific research, um, including but not limited to mind control on human beings. Hello. Genetic experiments mm. resulting in alien-human hybrids, like horses with wings. Right. Thank some, you. Some diagrams even claim that gray and reptilian aliens have their own housing and some of these. So levels. those are grays and lizard people. Correct. But segregated. Uh, doesn't, doesn't it says they're on the same fun. level. Okay. Okay. That's good. That it's very progressive. Let's put the I mean, and the lizards together. Well, they're they've been around way longer than we have. They created us, so I think that you know <laughs> they're they're far more advanced. Um, mm. So while the quotes this wasn't quoted, but I'm quoting it. Employees claim that the sixth floor is the quote nightmare hall 
where you can hear screams of human victims being experimented upon echoing through the corridors. So nice. that's the floor where the aliens get to have their way with us. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go uh, on that floor. That's, that's simple. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. And no one's going to force you to. No. No. Um, that's actually where Jeffrey Epstein is. Um, Schneider, <laughs> Schneider claimed that conflict between various factions of aliens and the military eventually broke out and that the Dulce base is merely one of 129 hidden facilities of its kind in the United States. That's why he ended 129. Mm-hmm. Where is he getting these numbers from? I don't know, and we'll never know because he quote killed himself quote right right schmeld schmel schmel got it got it um so a lot of the supporters of Schneider um they allege that the United States so called quote black budget covers the secret research at these alleged facilities. What's the black budget? Or do y'all know? No idea. Okay. It's classified military spending, and it's been estimated to range between 50 and $80 billion, according according to numerous reports. Numerous reports from where? Like actual places? I didn't look. I didn't look. 60 missing people. Not that your source is not an actual place outlet, but. It is an actual outlet. I'm certain. Um, I'm going to look it up immediately during Karina's story so that I can interrupt her three sentences in and say, I'm actually. Um, <laughs> nice. Ultimately- no. <laughs> Ultimately, UFO sightings in the U.S. have yet to cease or even slow down. And now that the Pentagon's like, oh, yeah, this video is real. Here you go, Tom DeLong. Uh, and the Navy has drafted new guidelines on how to report, like, legally and, you know, bureaucratically report uh, UFOs and stuff. You know, obviously, we're all on board. Um and the Dulce folks, they knew the whole damn time. Um, this one woman, Geraldine Julian, claimed to have seen UFOs since the 1960s. And she said, the whole town of Dulce, whoever you want to talk to, they'll tell you what they've seen. It's not just a fairy tale. All the things are true. And I believe every last one of them, too, because I've seen it myself. Okay, Geraldine. Well, can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we saw it, and that makes it true. Yeah, that's how truth works. Um, <laughs> how yeah, wrongful convictions work. So, uh, Dulce is the new Roswell. Orange is the new that's... black. Dang, hmm. is it pretty out there? I bet it's pretty. It let's is. go visit it. It really okay. is. Let's let's go right now. Yeah, let's go. I'm always down for a field trip. Yay. Okay. I'm giving Lisa time to look it up. 
before I say my three sentences? Okay. Guys. Yes. Let's talk about the Cleveland Torso Murders. Ooh. Bum, my God. Bum, AKA the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. So this, I cannot believe we haven't had on this podcast yet. It's basically America's Jack the Ripper, a completely unsolved set of brutal murders that took place in a shanty town over the course of three years that never got solved. And it involves famous people. I think the reason nobody talks about it is because of the word Cleveland in the Cleveland Torso Murders, (laughs) and people immediately check out. The black budget is real. Okay, good. So the Kingsbury Run is is a, or was, a neighborhood in Cleveland that was a shantytown, or as they called it at the time, during the Great Depression, when this takes place, a Hooverville. Um, I was going to guess that. I remember that. Kind of like a prototypical one, actually, one of the more famous Hoovervilles, because at the time, (laughs) Cleveland was important. It was uh, one of the top 10 largest cities in America. A lot of people lived there, moved there. It was growing. It It was a good place to be, and it did not yet rock, but it would soon. (laughs) So the first likely victim um, was called the Lady of the Lake. She was found on September 5th, 1934. And by found, I mean her lower torso, including her thighs, but no knees, was discovered on the shore of Lake Erie with a Mm. lot of chemical preservative on the skin that made it red, leathery, and tough to the touch. So this is... What, like belly button down when you say torso or? Like uh, rib cage and down. Yeah, rib cage okay, to so like knees. Full torso to knees. Yeah, just the the bathing suit business parts, I guess. Got it. Um, In yeah. between the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yeah, no head, no shoulders, no knees, no mm-hmm. toes. Just in Got between it. those four. Yeah, it's everything else. No eyes, no ears, no mouth, no nose. Okay. No head, yeah. <laughs> one year later now that of course that was a big deal everybody's like ah the lady of the lake murder and it's not solved uh let's deal with it one whole year later a man's midsection appeared also on the lake shoulder lake shore of lake erie discovered by some teenagers in this case his head and genitals were cut off and he was cleaned and drained of blood but Hi. the arms were left on so they use the fingerprints okay. on the arms to identify him as Edward Andrasy, a At least drifter. They yeah. Mm. So there okay. you go. This is early police work. They had fingerprints and shit. His name so sounds very... like a vampire. Edward Andrasy. Uh, the very same day, an unidentified torso was found in the Jackass Hill area of Kingsbury Run. Is this whole story so you can say Jackass Hill? Pretty much. Uh, So-called because of the donkeys. Um, This torso's skin was also red and leathery like the Lady in the Lake. They did find the head later nearby, but 
no arms because no fingerprints. So they couldn't figure out who it was. Also, the lack of genitals was noteworthy. That was new. So now we've got three of these fuckers, right? And then six months later in early 1936, right near downtown Cleveland in the Cuyahoga River, Flo Palillo washed up. Her body completely dismembered into several pieces. Once again, the head was found nearby. That's how they identified her. She'd probably been dead for two to four days. They're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of torsos, even for Cleveland. And then (laughs) in June of that year, a fifth victim showed up decapitated while he was still alive. I don't know how they determined that, but they did. And covered in tattoos. (laughs) Covered Covered in in tattoos. So they called him the tattooed man. He became, in some ways, the most famous of all the victims because they found his head later nearby. And three weeks later, the Great Lakes Expo opened on the lakeshore right near Kingsbury Run where all this was happening. The Great Lakes Expo was supposed to be Cleveland's World's Fair of 1936. And at the time, a World's Fair was a big fucking deal, Mm -hmm. right? This is a pretty big deal. But Cleveland uh, did not get the attendance that promoters would hope for. And also, it never got certified as an official World's Fair. That's why it's called the Great Lakes Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, to goose attendance, at one point, they said, we're going to have a French pavilion, which was code for there's nude dancing and then the naked ladies dance. But uh, that was promptly rebanned in 1937 because too many children were looking through the fence to see the naked ladies dance. Peeping Toms. Yeah, they were. And maybe even yelling Spanko. I don't know. <laughs> the whole little jingle, there's a place in France where the naked lady... Yep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Comes from this. But uh Who knew? Right? That's funny. Not yes. even fucking from France. No. Comes from the French Pavilion of the Great Lakes Expo Dang. with the naked dancers. So <laughs> at this Great Lakes Expo, they made a plaster cast of the tattooed man's head and they put it on a pike which is a real nice touch and stuck it in the fair asking fairgoers to help identify the victim did not work. A lot of people looked at the head for obvious reasons, but not a lot of people understood or could figure out who it was. So he remained unidentified during the fair, two more bodies turned up on the lake shore at the fair. So torsos just keep washing in from the shore. They worked up to seven More, 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 up until August of 1938 when bodies number 11 and 12 wash up. 12 torsos and an unsolved murderer running around out there. At this point, you got to believe they were taking it kind of seriously. Um, Also, there's possible other victims in Youngstown and Pittsburgh and other cities that are along train lines from Cleveland, but there's only 12 officially assigned murders to the torso murderer plus the Lady of the Lake. At this time, Cleveland's public safety director, who was in charge of both the police and the fire department, was somebody named Elliot Ness. That's right, the guy from The Untouchables. That guy, Kevin Costner, right? Yeah. He uh, had retired from his time chasing the mob in Chicago and becoming a world-famous cop to become Cleveland's public safety director. This is what happens in government sometimes. Mm -hmm. You end up in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. 
Two days after finding the 11th and 12th victims in August 1938, the police led a raid on Kingsbury Run to round up dozens of suspects. And, oh yeah, the entire shantytown was completely burned to the ground with untold deaths inside. Keep in mind that LNS was also in charge of the fire department, which somehow failed Mm. to show up. Mm. And this is the Great Depression? Oh, in the middle of the Great Depression. Yes. The citizens of Cleveland were appalled, but the murders stopped. So Mm. they they did have the apparent location of the murderer down. They just couldn't narrow in on a single person. So they burned down a whole area of town. A whole fuck ton of people. (laughs) Yeah. Very Cleveland. Very, very Cleveland. So after that, they kept trying to solve the murders, uh, just like you do with the Jack the Ripper type thing. The prime suspect was one Dr. Francis Sweeney. That's right. Just like Sweeney Todd. Full Everything coming together, y'all. Dude, this this episode, it was meant to be. He was a World War I veteran who was in a medical unit that performed amputations. Ding. He also failed to pass two polygraph tests. Um, And uh, he was really suspiciously near a lot of known locations for the two victims, Andrasi and Polillo. And they were like, I think this guy did it. But Elliot Ness could not prosecute him because Dr. Francis Sweeney was the first cousin of Cleveland's Congressman Martin L. Sweeney, who had spent all of 1936 and 1937 during the fair berating Ness for not making an arrest. So imagine (laughs) this. You've got this congressperson yelling at you to arrest somebody for these murders, and then he goes and he arrests your cousin. Yeah. So Ness is like, I don't know if I can prosecute this guy. I don't think it'll happen. By the way, Congressman Sweeney was famous for getting into a fist fight with Congressman Vincent from Kentucky on the House floor because Sweeney was against entering World War II. The House doorkeeper called it the best fist fight he had witnessed in the House of Representatives in 50 years. So fun little side (laughs) note about Congressman Sweeney. I love that. Anyway, Dr. Sweeney, the prime suspect committed himself mysteriously to an insane asylum in August of 1938, the very same month that the final two victims were found. Hmm. He stayed there until his death in 1964. And fun side note, he spent the entirety of the 1950s writing and sending threatening postcards to Elliot Ness and his family. Oh, fuck. So... People who've gone back to relitigate this, uh, all eyes are on Dr. Sweeney as the likely culprit. Um, At the time, the story was the big fire in Kingsbury Run must have gotten him, and that's why it ended then. But the fact that Dr. Sweeney committed himself right after the 11th and 12th murders, and then they stopped. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another prime suspect who was investigated after all this in 1939 was Frank Dolezal. No relation to Rachel Dolezal. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, was uh, a bricklayer and an alcoholic. And unlike Rachel, actually black, uh, he confessed to killing the two identified suspects, Andrasi and Flo Polilo. But he recanted shortly in jail, shortly before suspiciously dying by hanging in jail. Of himself? <gasps> yeah. He got Epstein. 
So he confessed to the murders of the two known victims, recanted, saying the police had beaten a confession out of him. There are witnesses who are his cellmates who said that his ribs were broken, and then he died by hanging in his jail cell. So he probably didn't do it. But he was officially uh, convicted of two of them anyway. Elliot Ness's favorite suspect that he couldn't pen it on was a medical student named Gaylord Sundheim. Um, But he was a member of a prominent Cleveland family, so he was never arrested. Ness really thought Gaylord Sundheim had done it. Incidentally, he was a homosexual, and I think that was the reason why Mm -hmm. Elliot Ness thought it was him, because... The genitals being they're cut just off, assholes. Know. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he's got a disturbed mind, et cetera, et cetera. Also fun that in 1936, you can have the name Gaylord and be a Gaylord. That's pretty cool. We should bring that back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the Cleveland Torso Murders. Alarming. I feel like it's almost mm-hmm. always a doctor when it's stuff like like I think uh Jack the Ripper was a doctor. Uh, that's, that's uh the scuttlebutt, yeah. Well who the girl who the black doll, yeah. They thought mm-hmm. it was a doctor too. I mean, I wonder also though, I feel like a lot of times they're like, these are precision cuts, and it's like Are they? I, but like, are they? I don't know. Like mm. 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 I'm just here to solve these crimes, you know? That's all I'm trying to do, solve some crimes. I wonder if John will solve it while he's in Cleveland this weekend or whatever. People are still trying to solve that one because it really itches at folks that it's sitting there unsolved. But it's not apparently very well known outside of Cleveland. It, it should be America's Jack the Ripper, but... right. Also, you know? torso murder has a really nice ring to it. Like, yeah, <laughs> why isn't that just like you know I mean, torso murders? Like, come on, you got everything. You got a famous cop. You've got parts of bodies washing up during a World's Fair being attended by millions. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's in Cleveland. Wait, so. it was attended by millions, and oh, that yeah. was still over under the course their of those target? two years. Over the course of two years. Yeah, they were really hoping for oh. a huge thing. It was official Cleveland out of the depression. But uh, yeah. Didn't just, happen there. Just went downhill. They yeah. didn't stand a chance. What, what was the population of Cleveland back then? I went a couple of days ago. I just looked it up because I was curious how quickly like the population of Cleveland has declined because at its peak there were like almost 900,000 like almost a million people living in Cleveland okay the the 1930s was almost a million people yeah and now it's like 300,000 people (laughs) exactly it's 385 yeah wild what's it's like paper mills it's like what else okay steel mills yeah uh, insurance uh, companies. There's the river a lot. that There's catches a lot of on industry. fire. Not anymore. Not since I the nineteen 1990s... nineties. <laughs> the late nineties. <laughs> I think late seventies. They had that. Didn't I think I already did the Cleveland Balloon Festival where that went horribly wrong? Yeah, I did that one. Oh, you right? did that one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing something about balloons. Oh, it's Um, just fun. It's so much fun. Cleveland is so fun. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. That's all. Well, now we know so much more about Cleveland. We do. In particular way, but... But still, yeah, still a lot more than I knew earlier today. Mm -hmm. Yes, its sister cities include Cleveland in the United Kingdom, Mm. and uh, the capitals of Slovenia. Oh, Lima, Peru. It's some pretty respectable sister cities here. Hmm. That's how you know when you made it. Mm -hmm. Do y'all know any of Austin's sister cities? Because I think I can name two. You can go for it. Koblenz, Germany. Okay. And there's one in Australia. I think it's might be Victoria, but I'm I might be wrong. Victoria but. would be a good get. I mean, that's a state, not a city. Um, oh. <laughs> Adelaide. Adelaide. That's a good is that one. What it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's the capital of South Australia. So that's good. Uh, Toronto? Hmm. For reals? Hold on. That's... I'm verifying. You're right um, about Koblenz. Good job. Hey, the London up? Borough of Hackney. Oh, my God. Oh, weird. Weird. It's a sister city. Okay, yeah. Hackney. Wait, there's Lima, Peru again. Guys, I'm beginning to think Lima is a slut. and Just sister <laughs> cities with everybody. She's you can't be Mormon. sister cities with everyone, Lima. Oh, my God. Jeez, what is it? Uh, what is a sister city? Oh, you're just supposed to be nice to you're each just other like and, buddies. and exchange exchange cultural students. artifacts. Yeah, all of our like I remember in high school or middle school even we had I know Koblenz, Germany because the students we had exchanges with were from Koblenz. So That's, I never. I never knew the concept. Well, you're clearly not cultured enough, then. Yeah, I'm not cultured enough to know the sister cities. What's our sister <laughs> city? Well, now we've all learned a lot today. And we all, what was the one thing tying us all together? I already forgot it. Phantom. Uh, I think unsolved. Unsolved things. shit. Mm-hmm. 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 And that fucking goddamn noise. We should make that into a sound bite, though. <laughs> I'll do my best. I can't. I'm not do sure it. Our, our recording equipment really truly picked it up, but I will do my best. Oh, I you hope to try again. <laughs> yeah, get I a clean one. Didn't. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Follow us everywhere. Just follow that sound, everybody, and you'll find mm-hmm. us at Weird Brunch. Follow the, follow at weird the brunch. sound of my... <laughs> yeah, someone go whistle outside of Lisa's door tonight. Mm-hmm. Teach her mm-hmm. fucking lesson. Bad. Bad. <laughs>